0: Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about mentoring. Now, I think mentoring is just the most fabulous thing. It has been so enriching for me on both sides of the coin as a mentor and as a mentee. And I think it should be part of the fabric of society. We should all be doing it, whether you're in um, the academic world, whether you're in industry, whether you're in medicine, it doesn't matter. It is just such a wonderful process. And I often start these episodes with definitions, but for this one, I'm going to start with uh, an origin story in terms of where the word mentor comes from. So many of you may may know this, but it's actually from Homer's Odyssey, which is a poem that's, you know, about 3,000 years old. And I remember not being that interested in it when I was at school, but actually now it is an amazing tale. And in it, Odysseus, um, who's really sort of the the main character, goes off to fight in the Trojan War and leaves his son, Telemachus, behind. But he leaves him with his best friend, who is called Mentor. What a great story. Um, And a a lot of experts think that that is where the word Mentor comes from. Interesting. Uh, Some people disagree and think it was a French writer that... um, actually did an adaptation of that story and actually developed the character of mentor to mean what we think of it as today. Now what do we think of it as today? I mean for me it's not the same as a coach and it's not the same as a trainer or a teacher Um, but there are elements of of all of those I think in good mentoring. Essentially it's a two-way relationship and I, I think you know both mentor and mentee get something out of this, and I'm going to just start by telling you about my first mentor. Now, I, I sort of trained in the NHS in an era where mentoring wasn't a thing. Nowadays, there are lots of official formalized mentoring programs in different industries, including medicine, but there wasn't back then. And my first um, experience of being mentored, you know, informally, was really when I started as a junior doctor on the wards as what was then known as a house officer and is now known as an F1 doctor or an FY1 doctor, sorry, nothing to do with Formula One. And, you know, wherever I would go, um, what I, I'd find is that there, are, there were some people that you'd relate to really well and essentially took you under their wing. And that feeling of comfort with another person, Mm -hmm. someone who understands you, someone who's willing to listen to you and someone who will guide you, essentially, not necessarily give you directive advice, but is, is really a voice of reason and someone who's wise and someone that you respect. I think those are the things that, you know... I wasn't really looking for a mentor, but it just happened. It was something just that just happened. But those relationships are quite short. And although I kept in touch with a few of them, you only work with some people for, for six months and then you move on. And really the first time that I ended up in a job where I was going to be there for quite some time was as a GP trainee. And my first real mentor, someone that I could connect with and I felt had has had a a really big impact on my whole career more than he would know is someone called Ed Peel or Professor Ed Peel as he is now Um, back then he was he was Dr Peel he was um, a very well respected GP in Buckinghamshire And, and I think the thing about Ed I mean he was a trainer but more than that, he was someone who I don't know, had this sort of wisdom about him. It was I I think when I first met him, he was fifty-two, I believe. So a couple of years, um, a bit more than a couple of years older than me. And uh I, I just remember thinking, how did you learn all this stuff? How is it that you know everything? And how do you become so sage-like and wise and um yeah, you know, everything he sort of did or said, I, you know, I sort of thought, oh, I like the way he did that. That's really cool. Um, and I was just so impressed with him. I think it was it was real fanboy stuff. But what I also liked was his approach to problem solving and whatever it was that I threw at him, whether it was something to do with GP work, something clinical, something in terms of my training or just some random societal problem he seemed to have very logical but very human views around them and just just a really lovely balanced sort of view on 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 things you know and and you know to, to the point where it's a little bit like um, you know the first time you realize your your parent doesn't know everything you know you think your mum and dad know everything don't you when you're growing up as a a toddler or something and i remember the day when ed didn't know the answer to something and it was and I was I was absolutely shocked I was like what and he goes no that's not really my bag you're asking the wrong person and and he wasn't he wasn't saying i can't help you but he was just being honest saying you're going to need some specialist help for this one so if we actually look at the literature and what the role of a mentor is deemed to be or should be um when you look at um mentorship in the academic world or the scientific world they really sort of focus on individual growth you know you're helping the mentee grow and reach their goals that's one part of it and often ties in with professional development but what i was talking about earlier regarding ed was there's also an element of role modeling um and support and i definitely felt that and i think when i've been on the other side of the coin when i'm mentoring because people are coming to me for that kind of whatever it is call it a feeling or a experience you know um i'm quite i try anyway to 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 make sure that that is part of what is there this idea of support and And also making sure that, you know, I'm not doing anything that they wouldn't do. You know, it's a bit like setting an example, isn't it? Um, I certainly wouldn't want a mentor that I thought was reckless or dishonest or a bully or something like that. So I thought I'd quickly look at mentoring from both points of view. So as a mentee, you know, when I consciously think of why i thought of Ed as a mentor, even though that wasn't formalised in any way. I mean, he was my trainer, but, you know, trainers don't always have to be mentors. They, you know, I know lots of people who have had GP trainers where they don't have any kind of relationship like that at all. It's very transactional. Um, is I guess the first step is knowing what you want from a mentor. And depending on what field you're in, that may be career opportunities, that may be professional development, or just some straightforward wise advice. If you're in the world of business, then what you want to do is find someone who's got the kind of role that you're aiming for. So if you're thinking about your own career path, um, you want to kind of match yourself to someone who's in your mindset and has actually got to where you're trying to get to. So there is something about strategy and selection particularly in the world of business and I'm sure millions of people every year write to people like Richard Branson um, to kind of ask him to mentor them um, and I'm sure he he can't get back to all of them but you know it's that kind of thing you know if you if you know that you want to get to where someone else has got then that's probably the kind of person you want to mentor you. I think there's also something about reading the room and values that have to match. Um, it's all well and good having, you know, this, this amazing person as your mentor, but if you don't click with them or you don't quite see the world in, in the same way in in a, in a fundamental sense, then it's probably not going to work. Um, so someone who shares your values professionally and to some extent personally, and also really understands you and your role and what you're doing. So, for example, as I said, the editor said to me that he couldn't help on on one occasion. That I, I really appreciated his honesty. There is no point in asking a mentor advice on something that they know nothing about. So, if you're diversifying into I don't know television or something, and you know your your mentor's core industry is actually as I don't know, a copywriter for magazines or something, then they're best off, you know, saying that they can't help um, open certain doors and direct you elsewhere. Um, I don't want it to sound like it's about networking either, because some element of it is, but networking to me is a bit of a sleazy word. Um, and there are professional networkers out there that just go to things just because they want to kind of network. And I, I find that kind of thing tiresome, I have to say. And and it's more around, for, for me, about values and alignment, and ultimately trust between, you know, two people when it comes to that mentor-mentee relationship. So what about the role of the mentor from the mentor's side? Well, part of it is to do with selection. You don't just mentor everyone because A lot of these people are extremely busy and they could be spending time on their own projects or careers rather than mentoring a load of people. Mentoring is also unpaid. Um, It's something you do in in terms of just paying it forward because, you know, I I had Ed as, as a mentor and I'm very grateful for that. And as a result... I take time to mentor others if they need it. But there comes a point where you can't take any more on. And, yes, yeah, certainly you, you can be a bit mentored out um, or rather menteed out, you know, where you've got too many people that you're mentoring. And and that can be exhausting, but it, it's also extremely rewarding because you see these people um, progress in their careers or reach their goals, and it's it's a wonderful feeling. But there is something about selection. I remember, this is many years ago, there was a chap who I I had mentored who really had an amazing life, health and career journey and um, had got to a point where he was quite confused about what to do. And I think I helped him make that decision and then suddenly life clicked into place and everything was great. But it got to the point where he was probably emailing me about eight or nine times a week. And it was just overwhelming um, to the point where I had to say, look, I, I just cannot keep up with this level of um, you know, need in a way. So there is something about selecting mentees. And, and sometimes I, I'd say if you're someone who's looking for a mentor and you get turned down, don't be offended because it just means that that person hasn't got the capacity to take on any more. And I've I've definitely done that. I've sent very polite emails or messages back to people saying, look, I'm I'm sorry, but I just I just cannot take any more at the moment. Um and, and you know, it wouldn't be doing them any favours either, because you, you're not going to be at your best if you're overwhelmed. Um and you know, the odd bit of advice here and there is fine, isn't it? But um actually taking on that role is is a serious um, proposition and I think lastly you know mentoring is something that is in in some ways and this is probably the wrong word but it's a duty of sorts because if you are in a position to mentor it it means, almost by definition you've been mentored yourself at some point and you don't do it for praise or for, you know, to be lauded by anyone. Um, It's something that you're paying it forward in a way, and you should really take pleasure, I think, and pride in promoting the people that you've mentored and making sure that they're happy. so in some way, you know, there there is an element of coaching in there, but um, it's a much more personal relationship. A coach can be quite detached, I think, um, whereas the mentor-mentee relationship is slightly different. So I'm going to leave you not with a quote this time, but with some examples of real-life mentor-mentee relationships. And uh, these are all fairly well-known. Um, and I didn't know about a couple of these, but th- there's no sort of surprise here in, in many ways, because when you look at the, um, the names here, um, they are so inextricably linked um, that it's, it's almost obvious. So the first one is Sir Freddie Laker and Richard Branson, who founded Laker Airways, in case you didn't know who Freddie Laker was. Another one was Audrey Hepburn and Elizabeth Taylor, both Hollywood legends. Then the big um, historical intellectual heavyweights. So Socrates apparently mentored Plato and Plato mentored Aristotle. I mean, that is that is just amazing. And the list goes on. Warren Buffet and Bill Gates, Christian Dior and Yves Saint Laurent, Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey. Wow, I didn't know that one. And Steve Jobs mentoring Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, no surprise there. Anyway, look, I hope this has given you something to think about. Maybe you mentor people yourself already and you know about the joys of it. Maybe you've had some amazing mentoring. I'd love to hear from you uh, either way. And do have a look at the links because there's some interesting ones on mentoring in different sectors. But listen, in the meantime, thank you again for listening. I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break because it's summer, so I won't be back really till, let's just say the new school year at least, so probably September time. But in the meantime, listen, have a lovely summer. Thank you for listening. Do stay well, take care, and I will be with you again very soon. Bye for now.